0: This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117,
1: and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked. It's IGN's weekly Xbox show, episode 535, That'd Be a Palindrome, for March 15th. 2022. Miranda out sick today. We wish her a speedy recovery, but I'm Ryan McCaffrey joined as always by Destin LeGarry. Hello, Destin. Bam. Hey, everybody. And Stella Chung. How are you?
2: Good, Destin. That was a little bit weaker of of a bam. I was expecting more force.
0: I'm trying to make sure that the audio's good oh, okay. and everything, so yeah, <laughs> gotta have a may good have balance. a
1: sleeping baby nearby.
2: Oh, that's yeah. fair, that's fair, you know. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the,
1: the, the joys of fatherhood. Well, uh, <laughs> welcome everybody to another week of Xbox News. We are going to talk Xbox, in fact I'll start there, but we're going to cover off on uh, Tunic now, and then the Halo TV show. We have all three seen the first two episodes, so we'll talk spoiler-free about that. Uh, And then Perfect Dark will be our other big topic this week. So, um, you know what, rather than me, let's start with the Halo TV show because Tunic, I think I'm the only one that's had a chance to play it. So I don't want to monopolize the conversation early. Uh, So these first two episodes, Halo TV show, we've waited so long for this, like an absurdly long time, many, many years. It's finally arrived. Uh, Stella, I want to go to you first. Your thoughts on these first two episodes while, while being mindful of the fact that our audience hasn't seen them yet, so we'll avoid spoilers.
2: Right, okay, spoiler free. Um, let's see. It's it's a lot better than I thought it was going to be based off the trailers. Um, I'll say that. I'm very happy that they are deciding to do a separate canon from the games, and I'm actually really interested to see where it goes. Story-wise, I'm, I'm actually finding myself being pulled in, which... Maybe that's because I don't have a strong connection to the previous games stories so far, maybe because I didn't grow up with that story. So I understand that if you grew up with a specific story, then getting pulled into something else, you'd be like, oh, that's not, mm, that's not how I remember things being. Um, I, I don't have that sort of bias. So for me, I'm just like, oh, I can take this as this separate media form. And it seems pretty good so far. Like I'm very interested in the direction that they seem to be going. Uh, also, I want to point out, not, it, it is spoiler free, but in the first episode, uh, two characters speak in Korean, and I was very, very happy. I was like, yes, yes, <laughs> representation. Um, so that made me really happy, but uh, it, it's a lot better than I thought it would be. Um, it's not perfect, but it, it is a lot better than uh, what I was expecting. So go in with, with no expectations, I, I think I would say.
1: <laughs> Destin, how about you? What are your thoughts so far?
0: I'd say overall positive. We gave it a review, and uh, we scored it a seven. I think that's pretty, a For pretty episode fair episode one, analysis. yeah, that
1: was just the premiere review. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think the first episode kicks off, and it's really awesome. I think fans are going to be really, really impressed with at least the first half of the first episode. Uh, there's some stuff that happens at the, at the tail end of the first episode. I won't get into specifics, but, like, um, they can't wait to take off Chief's helmet is one thing that happens... Too fast, in my opinion, and uh, there's some narrative stuff that just doesn't really make sense <laughs> by the end of the first episode. Um, and I'm, I had to ask, I'm like, wait, so why is this happening? <laughs> uh, like, I blink for a second, and all of a sudden, this big dramatic thing is happening because of one character making an odd decision that nobody agrees with. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, all right, so that was weird. Overall, though, it's it's a It's a good show. Good, not great. And I hope this is the start of building blocks for what could be a great show.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I have to say I'm maybe I'm around where you guys are, maybe a little more slightly down on it. I'm not down on it overall, but I thought it was fine. The first couple Mm -hmm. episodes, I don't, I don't know honestly what my expectations were at this point. I mean, we were talking off camera before we started and, you know, Stella, you haven't seen these. Destin, you you remember well uh, the previous live action web series attempts. Now, this is obviously a whole different ball game. This is a major network, Paramount Plus, and it was Showtime mm. before that. Spielberg's involved. So that's, you know, I'm not trying to directly compare the two, only other than to say, Destin, you remember the last time we got Halo live action anything. It was bad. It was very bad. <laughs> So the
0: previous one. Yeah. The one before that was okay.
1: Forward unto um, dawn was decent. I thought. Yeah. yeah but then, yeah. uh, that, that more recent one was, which, which whose the name? Was it nightfall? Is that, is mm-hmm. that the, what it was? The name is, yeah. is escaping me, but, uh, yeah, that when, was not good. The yeah. One, one note Locke.
0: on this. Yeah. That's awful. <laughs> Your uh, favorite no- character, Destiny. Oh God. Locks. Just <laughs> what are they thinking? Uh, so, This is not for kids, by the way. One of the things that I I really appreciated was that they don't mess around. Like they make the Spartans very intimidating. They even have little bass drops every time they move their head, every time that they walk. (laughs) It's like womp, 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 womp. I like that actually. Womp. womp, womp." So like get used to that. Once once you hear it in the show, you're just like, okay, sound designers, maybe chill like a little bit. But yeah. Uh it's cool. It does give them a heft <laughs> and a weight to because the, their armor is so heavy, you know, literally. And uh, I like it. Uh, I really I, I like how they handle the Spartans and their relationships and their past and how they're processing all that stuff. So um, I, I think fans are going to enjoy it, especially if you've you know, read the novels, you've been into the lore. Uh, there's some cool stuff in there for you.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm glad you brought up the violence aspect of it because I was <laughs> gonna say, it's kind of ironic that the games were they were rated M for so many years before more or less getting course corrected to being rated T for teen because they're not actually that like Mm-mm. violent or and they're certainly not profane at all. Uh, but yeah, and then, <laughs> it doesn't take long for uh, for. The M rating on the show, or TVMA, I guess, is t- to set in. But yeah, I you know I will say that the opening scene, uh, which I will, again I won't spoil, uh, the fir- the very like first thing you see you're seeing on the show, I'm like, this looks kind of cheap. Like, I don't know if this is going to be like this is this is looking a little a little a uh, little low budget. I don't know. But then then some stuff kicks in, and I'm like, okay, all right, now we're getting somewhere. It's picking up. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like it's, it's I like it. And I'm trying to think, like, I'll, I'll put this question to the both of you, starting with Stella. Try to take yourself out of the shoes of a Halo fan. If you were just, like, hearing about this, on, for, or it's like, oh, this is a big show, I should check it out. But you had no connection to Halo. You'd never seen it. You don't know anything about it. Do you think you would like this show after the first couple episodes? Stella, from that perspective?
2: Um, just from the sequence that we were talking about, uh, where things really kick off. Uh, yeah, I think so, <laughs> I think so. Just it's it's that shock factor and you're just like, oh, okay, they mean business through yeah. this. Um, through the show and you're just like, okay, cool. Uh, I I think so. I think this, again, this is why I'm like, oh, I'm glad that they're taking their own canon because I feel like it is a really nice way for people who aren't necessarily gamers, who have been ingrained with the Halo culture to kind of get an introduction. Um, And I think the games are the best medium. So it's like, oh, well, if I liked this, why won't I go play the game? So I feel like it might help point more people towards the games uh, just because of curiosity and such. So. I think it'll be, I think it's a nice introduction to people. Um, So opening vibes, I got like heavy Mandalorian vibes because, you know, space and stuff. Uh, Also the setting that they chose. um, I I don't want to go into details just in case people like consider scenery spoilers. But yeah, um, yeah, I I got heavy like Mandalorian vibes, which I feel like people are going to come after me for. But like once you watch it, you'll understand. So I feel like it could appeal to a general audience as well.
1: Destin, what do you think if uh, if someone's new to Halo completely? I mean, granted, I don't even know why I'm going down this road, because <laughs> everyone watching or listening to this knows Halo. But but just trying to detach yourself for a second.
0: Well, I think the action scenes are Halo meets Mortal Kombat, basically. Like, they're that gory. So anybody who's <laughs> just, like, browsing... <laughs> browsing. And uh, coming upon this, like, oh, yeah, Halo, that's that, you know, rated T video game. Let's see what this show is all. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so uh, there might be some reactions there. Um, As a casual viewer, I assume you have at least tertiary knowledge of the Halo franchise. Hopefully I said that word right. So I sound smart. (laughs) But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't. I don't know how many people know about the rebels or the insurrectionists and that whole relationship. I think they do a good job of setting up the, the lore and the tease of what the Spartans are. I think they just cash in on those teases too fast. And uh, that's, that's sort of my main issue with the show. They'll just trigger things too quickly and, some of the things that they do just are weird like they happen there's there's a point of contention early on in the first episode that it's just like really Mm -hmm. like that's all it (laughs) took (laughs) Uh, that's all it took to alert the entirety of the unsc and everybody you know in the world uh so yeah
2: Yeah, i'm being
0: very careful but i was kind (laughs) of like this is stupid
1: yeah (laughs) you know go ahead stella
2: Oh, I was going to ask you two a question, since uh, you are more uh, prominent fans of Halo and, you know, long-term fans. Uh, how did you feel about Master Chief's uh, portrayal and his voice and, you know, who he is here?
1: I'm glad you—I was actually just going to go there of, of how you how you guys <laughs> thought about the Spartans themselves. And so I, I think Pablo Schreiber, who's playing Master Chief here, John117, uh, I like him a lot. I think he's doing a really good job so far, uh, and he, I think he's staying— Fairly true to the character we know while still bringing a bit more of the needed kind of acting in humanity to it because of you have to in a show. You can't really just be a voice attached to a robot <laughs> suit, um, you know, a suit of Mjolnir armor. So I think he's good. I, I like the Spartans. I, I'd say my favorite character, and she's pretty true to the game so far, is Dr. Halsey. Mm. Uh, I think she's... Uh, uh, It's uh, Natasha McElhone is the name of the actress playing her. I think she's great and and I think she's, that portrayal is, she's the most interesting character in it for me so far because of where she exists Not, not unlike the games, kind of in this like weird area where she's working for the UNSC but is kind of almost like above the law in a sense so I like her a lot but I really do like the Spartans so far. I think they've done a good job uh, with with making them you know cl- making it clear that these are these are like feared people for a reason and like are they people and where do they kind of fit in in society so uh, I do like both Schreiber as chief and and the other Spartans so far Destin
0: I I think the actor does a really good job as chief I feel like they might as well have had him do a hero landing then immediately take off his helmet. That was a little frustrating. Uh, It's really weird. It's hard for me to get used to the voice when he's in the suit because it's modulated in a way that I'm like, why didn't you just use Steve Downs when he's wearing the helmet? You know, like it doesn't even sound like the actor. But when the actor takes off the helmet and he's able to act and, you know, evoke emotion and everything, I think he does a wonderful job. You know, I think I think he does a good job playing chief, this sort of militaristic character with touches of humor. Um but the voice modulation is it's just a little bit to get it takes a little bit to get used to you're like, okay, it's not Steve Downs. It's Pablo Schreiber. They've done weird things with the modulation of his voice, but okay, let's just go along for the ride, you know?
1: I will say though, that having now seen the show, I don't think it would have worked to have no to have Steve Downs voicing with the helmet on, because it just- it doesn't
0: even sound like Pablo Schreiber though, well, with all the modulation and all the things do- that they're doing to the audio. I think it does. It's just
1: he's, because Steve Downs, again, I, I, I think I said this on the podcast when we, the last time we talked about this, is you know in his late 60s at this point. And Pablo Schreiber, I looked it up, he's 43, and mm-hmm. it's just the, the gap, and it's just, it would sound completely different, and I don't, I don't think it would have worked. As, as awesome as it would have been to have Steve Downs' voice, yeah, uh, Master Chief. I, I feel like
0: Schreiber also saw The Mandalorian, and he's going a little bit too close to what uh, they did with The Mandalorian character. I can't remember the actor's name off the top
1: of my head. Uh, Pedro Pascal?
0: Yeah, I feel like he's evoking a little bit too much Pedro Pascal, so I hope that as he sort of gets into the character further on in the season, that he he makes it more of his own. Already in episode two, you're starting to see signs that he's getting more comfortable. So uh, I think that's only going to improve as the
1: series goes. I think for me, one other thing that, I mean, I, I let it go right away, but when you do see them, the Spartans, it's like, oh, they're not, you know, because if, if you have read the books, you've, you've, you've gotten into the lore, they are uh, like, Almost ghost-like because they spend so much time in their armor that their skin never sees daylight. <laughs> so you know it's like, oh, you have hair and like a beard, and like mm-hmm. you're not you're not a ghost. So it's like, oh, it's kind of you're like just a guy. And in, in this, it's like maybe you don't spend in this timeline. You don't spend all day and night, all the time for weeks on end in this suit. But um, yeah, so I I'd say I like it so far. I wouldn't call it like prestige TV at this point, you know, oh, and I, it's popcorn. It's, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. not in, I don't need, right. I wouldn't even put it in like the Marvel TV show class. Like oh, I think no. it's, it's, you know, it's not there, but it's, and, but of course, I mean, I'm going to keep watching it cause I'm a halo fan. Also it's awesomely part of my job that I get to watch it. But yeah, I, I'm kind of curious how the general public, um, both gamers and non-gamers are gonna react to this show and, and sort of if there will be that water cooler, you know, that that buzz, that, that talk about it online when it does come out.
2: I would hope so, just because I feel like The Mandalorian and Bo- uh, Book of Boba Fett has kind of opened up the gateways to more space-related shows, right? Just in, in terms of like the general viewership. So I feel like, you know, people are like, oh, well, I can't wait for the next Mandalorian. Maybe I'll check out Halo, you know, why not? Uh, but it, it being on Paramount is a little bit more of a stretch to get because, you know, everything is already set up on Disney Plus for most people. So they're just like, ah, oh, Paramount, do I have to get another right. streaming service. So that might be another gap. But hopefully if people do watch it and do like it, they generate enough buzz that people are willing to do the trial for Paramount and watch it.
0: So and I, to your point, Stella, I think even Amazon's getting in on the Mass Effect action or if the rumors are to be true. I don't know if that oh, was right. confirmed, but um yeah, so that's also happening right now. So space is, space is so hot
2: right now. Yeah, I love think, space. <laughs> I'm so happy.
1: <laughs> I don't think the Mass Effect thing is like a done deal yet, but uh, uh, hopefully, I mean, I, I'd like to see it. Again, we talked about it at the time. It's, uh, I think a Mass Effect TV show has more potential than a Mass Effect movie would, you know, just having yeah. more time yeah. to, to flesh it out. And hopefully that'll prove to be the case with Halo as well. Uh, okay, real quick. I want to talk about Tunic because I've held the podcast until Wednesday (laughs) morning instead of putting it out on Tuesday night, Tuesday late afternoon, so that the Tunic review embargo would be up. First of all, we can uh, confirm that it's on Game Pass. That's being announced on today's ID at Xbox stream, and I double-checked with the PR. They're like, can we just talk about this? Is this fine? Because the review embargo's up. You're like, you're fine. Go for it. So really happy to see Tunic on Game Pass. Uh, I I did give it a 9 out of 10. I think this game is amazing, and I'll talk more about it in a second, but within the context of Game Pass, I think we've reached this point. It's almost a weird point, uh, but it's I think it's a better thing than it is a worse thing, where even if Tunic at 9 out of 10, great game, had not been on Game Pass and had been a $20 or $30 game, because it's such a like fairly small-time indie game that doesn't have this big marketing budget, I'm not sure how many people would have looked at it had it just been a regular for sale video game. So I'm just happy to see that it is in Game Pass because I think a lot more people will check it out now and you all should check it out. Um, I don't know if either of you, Destin or Stella, plan to play this game at all, but I hope you will. I do. Yeah. it's. It is uh the 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 twitter friendly way to describe it I think would be Zelda Link to the Past meets Dark Souls like it is or I think the way cute. I the way I phrased <laughs> it in the review was it's like it's as Zelda Link to the Past for the Elden Ring generation because it's oh, and the perfect. reason I say that <laughs> is uh it it very much is structured like Link to the Past it looks you know it has a similar even even the art style is a little Link's Awakening y like the the more recent Link's Awakening remake, and, and it's very you know it's very colorful, it's very adorable, it's a very beautiful game, uh, and you know it's kind of got that almost Metroidvania thing going on with the world where there's you'll encounter things where you're like how do I get in there, how do I get up there, how do I do that that you will eventually acquire the knowledge and or tools to do, and you'll come back and there are dungeons, there's an overworld and dungeons. Uh, and the Dark Souls part of it comes in from the combat. This is, this is not an early Zelda game where you can just hack and slash and you're going to be fine. This, is, this game will test you. This is not an easy game. There are some serious boss fights in this game. There, uh, there are some majorly difficult, uh, challenging combat sections. But in the good kind of way. Like, you have, you have a sword, you have a shield, you have some items... And you you basically have your uh, dodge roll that that gives you like a brief few frames of invinci- of invincibility as you're rolling and you've got to use that uh, during the boss fights during the regular combat so it's it is a challenge, but it's the very best kind and uh, it what I love about this game, and I talk about this in the review is I was very careful in my review to not give any spoilers and I guess inevitably something somebody will be like well that's a spoiler well it's like you can't you have to show something in a review but uh, the game tells you nothing like we're if you're watching us on video right now you're watching Oh, Smiley you get a Gameplay. sword spoiler yes, uh, spoiler you get a sword <laughs> this, <laughs> but uh the way so the, there there is no English language in this game or very very little of it there's just a, a, a word here or there. It's all this like in-game language that, that you either can try to decipher or you're intuiting ver- via um, the signposts and other contextual clues. But you pick up these scattered, around the world, there are these scattered pages of an instruction manual. And it's, it's, it's modeled like, a, like an original 8-bit Nintendo era instruction booklet from a video game where it's got pictures and it's got, you know, like directions and like here, you know, here's how to do this, here's how to do this, but all of that is not in English either. So you're you're using the manual to get the clues to help you figure out what to do. And so, you know, this is game there there are no objective markers. There's no breadcrumb trail. There's no quest log, nothing. It like you have to figure out everything through exploration experimentation and the contextual clues that you get from the manual, the booklet that you find the pages up lying around. And I love that about it. I love how delightfully old school it is. I gave it a nine out of ten and I and now that it's on Game Pass, highly, highly recommend everybody dive in and give this game a try.
2: It looks so cute. It's only going to fuel my Elden Ring obsession at the moment.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, I'm going to
2: be stuck between this and Elden Ring. Oh my goodness!
1: <laughs> this is so. It's about if uh, for anybody that's curious, uh, it's it's ten to twenty hours long. It took me closer to twenty. Uh, I did because I part of the reason is I, I probably uh, I was slamming my head against a wall for way <laughs> longer than necessary, and it, it turned out it was my own fault. Like the the one piece of advice which I mentioned in the review that I would give to everybody listening if you're going to play this game pay very close attention to that manual when you pick up those pages. Don't just pick it up, glance at it, and be like, okay, whatever, I'm going to go back to just beating this game and playing. Like, nope, you need to study those pages because what you the information you need is in there. I went into, I guess it would be the second boss, although I guess depending on how you play it, could be the first boss. But I went into one of the first couple bosses, and it turned out I went in... Severely under level, very very <laughs> underpowered, and I was like, ah, I can't beat this guy. Like, like this health bar oh. is just too. And it turned out, oh, I wasn't even close to the level that I was supposed to be, But which the manual tells you. It's like it says, okay, well, here's how to you know, do this, and then when you're going to go fight this guy, make sure you're this at this level. So, yeah. uh, pay close attention to that manual, and it will steer you. But uh, boy, it's funny watching. This is this is footage we're watching right now. I know um, our super producer, Kate, didn't have access to my review because it's actually literally being made right now as we <laughs> record this. This is old demo footage. And boy, the the final game looks... They, it's, it looks even better than this. Like, this is from How? one of those old demo builds. Yeah. Well, it's just, like, little things that are cleaned up. Like, there was a shrine a, a few minutes ago that looks totally different and better mm. in the final version. The ladder's... Uh, are kind of plain here in this footage we're watching. But anyway, uh, Destin, you going to play this game?
0: Yeah, I think this is my footage, actually, from the, the demo. So I'm definitely yeah. going to oh, be really? playing it.
1: Yeah. And Stella, you seemed, you, you, you seemed to indicate oh, yeah. yes. you're going yes.
2: to give in to it as well. Yes, I'm not just an FPS person. <laughs> I I absolutely love games like this. I um, love the Souls games. Uh, so hearing that this is very... Uh, souls-esque i'm like yeah absolutely i'll give this a shot it's and it's so cute it's a little fox like I, yes i want a plushie yeah. of this guy please
1: yes <laughs> that's uh so the the developer this this game was made mostly by one person andrew schuldice who by the way is going to be on next week we're going <gasps> to we booked him he's going to be on here so i'm looking forward to talking to him oh i've God. never met him never spoken to him so, so now that i've finished his game i want to i want to talk to him about it uh but they're when you get to the credits, there was someone else. Actually, I think it was two people did the music, and I think somebody else did some it was background art or maybe the booklet art. But it's mostly just Andrew Sholdice did this entire game, and it's. Uh, we have to tell him Stella next week that we have to get a a, a plush. Oh, of that has to be a real. Yes.
2: thing. Yes. You were you're, you're going to be a lot nicer about it. I was going to ask if I could strong arm him into making a plushie just for me. But yeah, well, oh. we can ask him, I guess, well, asking first is the polite <laughs> thing. to do. T- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I,
1: you know, maybe if he strong arm for two, because my you know, we need I need to I, need, I want one for my backdrop here. Uh,
2: oh, OK. Um, so. OK. So
1: anyway, uh, everybody play. This game, play Tunic. It's excellent. Be prepared for a test, but the good kind of test. It may look cute, but it will <laughs> it will challenge you in the best of ways. There's so, gonna, uh, yeah. oh. uh, there gonna be a test later. What's that, Destin?
2: gonna be a test
1: later. No, just a, oh my god, no question for you. A test yeah. of my fortitude. Exactly, exactly. All right, uh, let's move on here. We're already like halfway through the podcast, but that's okay because these have been a couple of big topics. Here's our other big topic of the week. Sadly, we must pivot from joy to not joy. Perfect Dark in development, uh, the co-development situation with The Initiative, Uh, Microsoft's, you know, the one studio that they started from scratch rather than purchasing and acquiring, uh, the co-development with The Initiative and uh, Crystal Dynamics, makers of Tomb Raider and most recently The Avengers, Marvel's Avengers. It does not seem like things are going well with Perfect Dark. So uh, I'm going to read you the entire IGN report here, which is uh, we have to give a tip of the cap to VGC. They're the ones that broke this and put this all together. So this is the IGN uh, story from them. So take a listen to this. A new report suggests that Microsoft's, the initiative, the studio developing a reboot of Perfect Dark, has suffered significant staff departures over the past year. Staff are apparently leaving the company due to a, quote, lack of creative autonomy and slow development progress. Now, the report from VGC, before you write this off as, oh, you know, just hearsay. The report from VGC is compiled from interviews with unnamed ex initiative employees and analysis of the studio's structure. It notes that around 34 people have quit within the past year including much of the senior design team. Game director Dan Newberger appears to have left the team this year, and previous departures include, as we had already known, uh, the original design director, Drew Murray, who had led Sunset Overdrive. He came over from Insomniac and then went back to Insomniac after leaving this project. Uh, lead level designer Chris O'Neill also left, principal world builder Jolion uh, Myers, and several more from the core team. Additionally, VGC notes that two senior writers recently left, as well as the technical director, technical art director, lead gameplay engineer, lead animation, quality assurance lead, and more. VGC's interviews with former initiative staff suggest that the departures have come, quote, fast and furious, something that has impacted the momentum of the project. Reasons given for staff departures predominantly include a feeling that the studio was not a collaborative place to work. It was apparently built as a top-down hierarchy, starting with Newberger and studio head Daryl Gallagher, who heavily dictated the creative decisions. Staff apparently felt unheard by their seniors on issues such as development priorities, project planning, and team staffing. The alleged result of this was a project that developed, quote, painfully slow and a lack of company culture. Quote, making games is hard enough, said one source, let alone when you feel like you can't get through to people making the decisions that affect everyone. VGC sources claim that the culture, I know this is a lot, but just bear with me because there's this is a, you know, all of these details are important. VGC sources claim that the culture problem was part of the reason for bringing Crystal Dynamics on board as a collaborator studio. Gallagher and Neuberger were previously studio head and game director, respectively, at Crystal Dynamics, and it was hoped that a team familiar with their management methods would work well with them. In a statement to VGC, Gallagher, who remains studio head at the initiative, said, quote, in this journey, it's not uncommon for there to be staffing changes, especially during a time of global upheaval over the last two years, and there's plenty more work in front of us to deliver a fantastic, perfect dark experience to our players. We wish all of our former colleagues the very best, and I'm confident in the team we have in place, the new talent joining, and we can't wait to share more with the fans. End quote." Well, certainly not a denial of any of that in any way, shape, or form there. The report's sources suggest that the large change in staff and the inclusion of Crystal Dynamics may well have triggered an internal soft reboot of Perfect Dark, and that a final release could well still be years away. Uh, Destin, let me go to you first for initial reaction to this. Yeah,
0: so I was concerned when I heard about Newberger leaving uh, a few days ago. Mm-hmm. That report came out. And before that, it sort of made sense because it was an Insomniac employee who came over to the initiative and then said, for personal reasons, I'm going to go back. And it was to work on Wolverine. So that one, that one, I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Wolverine, like, I'm a huge Wolverine fan. If I had that opportunity, I would probably do the same thing, you know. Uh, but now hearing that 35 leads have left, that is much more concerning. Of them, yeah, yeah, yeah. Many of the, uh, many
1: of the 34 being leads.
0: Sorry, leaves. sorry, yeah. To be more precise, what Ryan said. (laughs) Halo Infinite also had some tumultuous development. And we remember they were saying, yeah, campaign co-op is going to be there at launch. They said that like three times before the game actually hit. And then that has been delayed substantially to the point where Halo Infinite launched. It scored very well. But now we're sort of, we talked about it last week on Unlocked. It's like we don't know what we're supposed to be doing with the multiplayer portion of the game. There's still no co-op, still no Forge. And I think it has limited interest in a way that Fords potentially could have helped and seeing similar signs of turmoil with the perfect dark team is, it's just a little concerning, you know, if they have to do a full reboot to make sure that perfect dark gets the treatment that it deserves. That's absolutely fine with me. It doesn't seem like crunch is an issue, so that's good, but people feeling uninspired and unheard that's not good that is that is not good for a a studio that's supposed to be the studio for microsoft
1: yeah this is supposed to be a you know a premiere studio working on a you know premiere in this as we know now first person game stella your take here your initial reaction
2: Um, I was really excited to see what they were going to do with this and knowing that the release date has now been pushed back more just because of all of this internal turmoil makes me sad. But at the same time, I'm glad that these people were able to leave and speak up about it because, yeah, not having creative autonomy over or like not even or any sort of creative say in something that you are creating is pretty crappy. So I I hope that this massive adjustment internally will mm, maybe make the higher-ups think differently about how they are structuring this uh, company because obviously and no one's going to wanna to work here if they realize, oh yeah, we're just gonna to have to follow orders. Like this is not something that creatives wanna do, right? right? So I hope that this is a nice wake-up call because I, again, I, like many people I'm sure, we're really excited to see the development of Perfect Art. So this is not a great first step forward, you know? Um, so I hope this is a wake-up call and uh, they make some adjustments internally after this major adjustment.
1: <laughs> yeah, well said. I mean, that's that's really where I'm looking at this, too, is that the, the thing that jumped out at me to this was when, when we first, if you guys remember back, uh, when we first talked about the collaboration, when when they announced the Crystal Dynamics thing, if you remember, it was at a tweet at 5 o'clock. With mm-hmm. no, there was no press release. There was no, it was just like, we ought, and we thought, we talked about it Unlocked, how that seemed really weird. And the, what we talked about at that time, which made sense at the time, was that, well, it, it would seem as if you know, the initiative is still a relatively small team, and this and, and uh, bringing in Crystal Dynamics would help kind of fast-forward development. And we thought, oh, this is a way to get Perfect Dark done sooner. And this report which I have no reason to not believe here from VGC, it seems exceptionally well-sourced with all these interviews with former staff, suggests that uh, Crystal Dynamics wasn't, or well, maybe they were brought in in part to help try to fast-forward development on the game, although it hasn't worked out that way, Uh, but instead they were brought on to suit the management style of Daryl Gallagher and the now-departed uh, design director that that's the part that I, that's again, I'm not a developer. I've never worked in development. I don't have the full story, but based on this report, that's a red flag to me. Cause that's w- which Stella you, you were hitting on. Like, it seems like rather than have management rethink the way what their approach is to foster a, a creatively healthy and fulfilled team it's well. We'll just we'll just bring in a different team that's used to the way this <laughs> that management likes to do things, and that seems backwards to me. That's that's a flag. So, um, regardless, I, I mean, I would have I would have expected to see something from Perfect Dark at Microsoft's E3, since there isn't really going to be an E3, but at their summer you know press showcase of whatever form it takes. That's clearly not happening now uh, we will not be seeing perfect dark again for quite a while uh, and I don't know I mean it sounds like the project is totally refocusing uh, i I don't even know i mean i've I've now I've lost all immediate interest in perfect dark because it sounds like they don't even have a a, a unified vision of what this game needs to be or, or what they want it to be uh but, you know, I'll certainly, I'll give it time, I and mean, I'm not gonna just going to write it off forever, but uh, it's it's disconcerting to see. Uh, Destin, are you, uh, are, do, you still have, do you have any hype level left for this game at this point in time? At this
0: point, it's just sort of, well, okay, there's some tumultuous development happening. Let's wait and see what happens when the game comes out. Um, I do think that it's years off now. You can't lose that many leads and yeah. you know still turn around on the timeline that they originally had. So it's been delayed by, I would guess, at least a year, if not two. So I think they go real radio silent on Perfect Dark after this and uh, buckle down and figure out what they're doing internally with the project. Uh, it's, it's unfortunate. Hopefully the game comes out, it winds up being good, because if it comes out and it's good... That means there's a sequel, that means more jobs, that means people get to keep working. If it comes yeah. out and it's bad, it means tons of layoffs, it means not a sequel, you know, like it's not good news. So the, well, for it's, it's more than just like the game's gonna be good or the game's gonna be bad. It's, yeah. There's more to it than that, right? And especially if uh, it's an environment where devs aren't happy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for a little bit of optimism, I will point to a high-profile example that that went through hell and ended up uh, being amazing. And that was the Doom reboot from 2016. So uh, for those that may not be familiar, that game started life as a whole different thing where it was, I mean, put succinctly, kind of a Call of Duty clone. Like there were a lot of, like the, the gameplay was completely different. It was, and they ended up, and they had a lot of people leave, and it just, it wasn't going well. And they ended up, they scrapped it, and they started over. And then we did get this incredible uh, Doom 2016 game that, that eventually came out. So it's not that there is no light at the end of the tunnel for Perfect Dark. There is, it's just going to be a long road to get there. Now, a conversation I started to see bubbled up, which is the the other thing I want to talk to you two about, is, does this speak to like wh- how do you how do you feel about Microsoft's role in this? Like we've Microsoft has publicly said and and by all accounts, they've walked the walk, where they have said, you know, we don't want to step in. We just want to let you guys, let our developers, our studios do their thing, and we're just going to offer them support. You know, they're they're going to have the safety net. I mean, is is this a case where has has should Microsoft have stepped in sooner? Should they be stepping in now? And for all intents and purposes, we they might be. We don't know. But uh, Stella, your thoughts on that? Like, is is the leash too long in this case? Given that. They're trying to build a studio up from zero, and, and there are clearly some serious issues here.
2: Well, I think there's something to be said about like the way that this studio may have been structured. I mean, I, I do love that companies, studios are able to carry out their own visions, right? That they are able to have that uh, free reign. But in this case, that was not exactly their plan. This was, you know, they had a lot of uh, mixed opinions on where they thought they should go. Um, so I'm, I mean, I'm sure that these leads and everyone else who was working there who did end up leaving did voice their concerns, but because it seems to have been them talking to a, you know, a wall, I don't think it ever went up to Microsoft until they saw this report of people actually leaving. So I feel like if Microsoft were to step in, it would probably be now just to be like, Hey, you need to figure out your stuff because we said this was going to be a premier game company. This was going to be one of the re rebooted games that was going to come back. Cause from what I know. Perfect Dark was one of those games that really hit it off when it first came out, and I didn't have a chance to play it. I actually got, I think, I think hey, it, what was Watching it
1: right now. If you're watching us on, yeah, media, <laughs> some OG Perfect Dark going on.
2: Yeah, I think it was on um, the rewind stuff in Xbox, like when you could play all the different classic games. Yeah, real, real um, I, replay. Yes, yeah, I, I got to play a little bit of it, and I was like, oh man, I wish I could have. This is like, this is cool. This is like Cyberpunk, Laura Croft, but. Um, yeah, I, I feel like Microsoft would probably step in now and just be like, hey, what's going on? We need to discuss, like, uh, what, what have you got so far? People are leaving. Um, what does the structure look like? What are your visions? Um, I, I like the idea of studios being majorly independent. Um, but I think in a case where you see such varying degrees of where you think you should go with a studio in your, your game, I, I think that they should definitely have a meeting at least about, hey, what happened?
1: <laughs> I'm sure that's happened, for sure. I mean, when, yeah. when you've got that much turnover, I mean, because, you know, there, there are check-ins. It's not like Microsoft never looks in on them. Like, there are regular progress reports and, you know, Matt Booty, the, the head of Xbox Studios, definitely is, he's keeping tabs on on everybody. But clearly, I mean, that's where I'm wondering here. It's Does the hand need to be a little heavier in this case to try and get this thing back on track?
2: I think it's just disappointing that they couldn't talk it out internally, Um, that it just seems like they just really hit a wall that like they were just talking to a brick wall and trying to solve these issues. And it just feels like the, it feels like the employees weren't heard. And that's got to be so frustrating. So I, I don't know, maybe I feel like that shouldn't have to be a thing, right? (laughs) Like everyone should be able to communicate and have discussions. But it seems like that just wasn't happening. So. I don't know. I, I feel like Microsoft shouldn't have to have like this heavy hand in, um, in the development here because, I mean, I feel like they're ca- perfectly capable of figuring this stuff out. It just seems like they were not willing to negotiate or discuss. So,
1: Destin, your thoughts on, on Microsoft's involvement or lack thereof here? So I don't think this is a Bethesda
0: situation. Bethesda has their stuff in order. They've been a team working together for years. They release great, albeit buggy fun bug type games, right? (laughs) Games with fun bugs in them. Uh, This is an all new ball game. They're developing, they're building a studio from the ground up and there's going to be a lot of growing pains. I would actually think that this is going to be a big wake up call for not only the studio, but also for Microsoft saying, hey, this is new territory for us and it's not going how we had hoped. So I do hope that they're able to pull the reins in, so to speak, take a look at what isn't working and figure out what changes that they need to make in a positive manner. I don't think Satya Nadella is going to be showing up and be like, hey, so what's going on, everybody? Phil <laughs> you know? might, though. But I mean- but, I th- but <laughs> Phil might. Yeah. and. and- Based on like, we've seen internal emails from Phil and everything, and he just seems like he just wants to help people do the best work that they possibly yeah. can at the company, right? He's like every leaked thing that we've ever seen about Phil has been great, which is why like people really like him. That's why he just got that lifetime achievement award. So if, if he's going to step in and set them on the right path, uh, that would give me more hope about future future developments in a positive light when it comes to Perfect Dark, when it comes to the studio. However, I do want to point out that I do think that this is going to potentially get worse before it gets better because they are in a growth stage. This is probably going to take years for them to get into a rhythm that makes sense for them. And that's going to take time. That's not something that's going to happen overnight.
1: Yeah, I mean, I i, I don't want it's, to... It's not fair for me to sit here and pin it all on Daryl Gallagher, even though that there are indications that he's the biggest part of the problem. You know, he, he was, I believe employee number one of the initiative uh, when Microsoft started it. And, you know, he clearly has a track record with Tomb Raider and with, with Crystal Dynamics. And obviously, I mean, I'm sure that's earned him a lot of trust and goodwill from someone like Phil Spencer, as you're setting up a new studio when you're, when you're Microsoft. But, you know, if it, if it's, If it's such that your entire team is not able to do their best work because of this top-down hierarchy that's talked about in this report from all interviews with all of these various ex-employees, then I certainly hope and am confident that uh, Matt Booty and Phil Spencer would take, you know, take action, (laughs) take initiative, if you will, in, uh, in changing studio leadership, if that's what needs to be done. Again, we don't have the full picture here. We have a well-sourced report, and I will say I'm glad this is public, in the sense that it will help create that it will help create accountability for uh, studio leadership and for Microsoft on this to to you know step in if they need to and try and set the 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 ship's course back on track for this, but um certainly disappointing you know you don't ever want to read this about any game development studio and let alone one that's creating a game that i mean i was very much and still am but i was very much looking forward to a new first person next generation perfect dark reboot uh so you know it's going to be a while and and hopefully it turns into a a doom kind of situation in the end but uh that is that is the story and tip of the cap to VGC they they did a heck of a job breaking this story for uh to you know expose this, put it out there. Let's see here. We are nearly out of time this week. So in fact, I'm gonna go It turns out we just had three huge awesome, mostly awesome topics. Let's go to uh our friend, your friend and mine, the Unlock Block Trivia Challenge. Poor <laughs> Miranda. I feel bad that uh she's under the weather and can't make it. So I'm kinda rooting for both of you to not get a point, but I know it's it'll wow.
2: get it'll get saucy.
1: <laughs> You know, it'll just make for a more interesting uh, competition if one of one or both of you does get the point this week. So with that, the Unlock Block trivia question for this week. Uh, Ciaran from Ireland asks, the Xbox original Xbox game Project Snowblind, which I am old enough to remember, I remember playing that game, started development as a more action-oriented game in the universe of which game series before it uh, turned into its own standalone thing that was not ultimately in the end tied to that game series was it so effectively a spinoff just for all intents and purposes call it a spinoff so was it see basically a spinoff of hitman deus ex splinter cell or legacy of kane i'm gonna go to stella first this week oh
2: my god i don't know (laughs) I don't think me, I've heard I don't know this game. Um so
1: it's it's a deep cut for sure. Uh, it's uh huh. yeah, admittedly.
2: Did you know the answer to this?
1: this? Well, only because I played the game and I remember so, okay, like, I covered okay. this game when I worked at official. Oh, Xbox you did okay. magazine, So yeah, remember I'm old, so.
2: <sighs> okay. Started development. What the heck? Um I wanna say D just because I don't know that game.
1: Okay. We've got Miranda and Destin tied at two. Stella right there with one point. So
2: I, it's yeah, I still know. anybody's, anybody's <laughs>
1: trivia game. We got nine months to, nine and a half months to go in the year yet. So no pressure. <laughs> it's all good. So Stella going with Legacy of Cain. Destin, how about you?
0: So I have to, I had to read this like 10 times. So right? it started as <laughs> one of these games Mm-hmm. and then it became something else.
1: It became its own thing. Yeah. It, it Like, it started under the umbrella of, you know, within the universe of one of these games.
0: So it started within being... the universe of Splinter Cell, Deus Ex, Hitman, or Legacy of Kane, Yeah. And then it became its own game. Yes. Project Snowblind. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea. I know,
2: I know. Uh,
1: Stumped.
0: Uh, well, Legacy of Kane just doesn't make sense. There was a shooter game based in the Legacy of Kane universe not that long ago, but that kind of came and went. I'll just say Splinter Cell because I don't know the answer. Okay.
1: Alright, well, I guess I got my wish. We're not awarding any points
0: okay. this
1: week. That's right. What? So Destin, you I knew you're Destin, you're such a legacy of Kane fan. I figured you'd eliminate that possibility. Dang oh yeah, it. that was a, that was
0: definitely a no. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh. Um but it the answer was Deus Ex. This was a this was a really? Deus Ex yeah, oh, this evolved okay. out of Deus Ex, back on the original Xbox and, and what and and did it become? Two. Huh? Well, just snow project. Snowblind. Project Snowblind was the name of it. Um, I've never heard of this game. Yeah. (laughs) Well, now you're gonna look it up. And the entire like uh, suddenly Google searches for Project Snowblind from all of our (laughs) audience. You're gonna see a spike. YouTube's gonna be like, "What is this? Why are why is this happening?" But uh, nice job on uh, stumping the panel there. I have Uh, no idea. (laughs) Yeah. No points. Still two, two, and one is our score. And if anybody out there has a good Xbox trivia question, please send it my way so that we can put it before the panel next week. The email address to send it to is unlocked at IGN.com. Please include the question for multiple choice answers and highlight note the correct one in your email. You can include your gamer tag if you want me to read that on the air as well, should I choose your question. And with that, it is time to head out. Uh, I already plugged the thing I'd like you to see that I worked on, which is the Tunic review. You can read it on IGN.com or watch it on IGN or on IGN's YouTube channel. So that's up now as you are watching or listening to this. Stella?
2: Sure. Uh, I am Parallax Stella everywhere on the internet. Um, I am currently working through Elden Ring. I unlocked another portion of this giant game. So if you want to watch me stream that, I am doing that uh, after work. And I think, yeah, we have some cool gameplay coverage coming up, but I don't know if I can talk about that yet. So, Dustin,
0: <laughs> yeah, thanks for watching Unlocked, everybody. Uh, still raising money for Ukraine, so bit.ly/slash Let's Help Ukraine. If you want to donate there it's for Project Hope, you know there's like 2.5 million Ukrainians looking for housing, looking for food, looking for shelter. So that's what I'm still promoting right now. It's uh, through Tiltify. You can donate directly, of course, if you want to donate directly. Just to, to help out. Uh, separately, nothing really to plug for IGN. Uh, the cookies, if you bought cookies, they should be <laughs> arriving this week. LagaryBakery.com. Thank you if you ordered. And then available
1: uh, nationwide yeah. now, right?
0: Anywhere uh. in the USA. Anywhere in the USA. Hey. Yes. I don't know what the rules are for shipping outside of the US. So if anybody knows, send me an email <laughs> 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 or tweet. But uh, yeah, that's it. I'm tired. I'm very tight <laughs> had a fussy baby right for the show so i think i need a 15 minute nap power mm. nap from my life That's break.
1: Uh, it's understandable yeah uh, for super producer kate i'm ryan alongside destin and stella we wish miranda a quick recovery from her sinus infection as well we will be back next week with unlocked 536 but until then happy gaming friends